Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 518. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, I just wanted to chat with you a little bit about the survey results that are coming in and the awesome feedback that you guys have given me. First of all, thank you to everyone who has filled out the survey. We're really starting to get a lot of results, and so I'm starting to get a real picture of the audience, and it's blowing me away. You guys are amazing. And I just wanted to share with you some of the demographics and some of the information and some of the feedback that you've been giving me because I think it'll help you see who you're hanging out with, and it will also help you see where I'm going in the direction of the podcast, because you're really giving me some good ideas. You're helping me to understand what you're struggling with, and I think it's really going to be a win-win for everyone. So if you haven't completed the survey, it's on the show notes, and I would so appreciate it if you would take less than three minutes to fill out 10 questions and let me know what you think. All right, first of all, I was really pleasantly surprised to see we have 50% of our audience is earning over $100,000 and 25% of our audience earns over $200,000. Now, it doesn't matter to me how much money you make, but I'm excited that we have high income earners here because it means that you're understanding the value that I'm bringing you and you're being able to apply it in your life. Otherwise, you wouldn't be coming back. So I'm really excited that we have people who are making good income and are putting that to use. And for those of you who make less than $100,000, that's perfectly okay. You're in great company and you're going to have people around you that are listening and asking questions and I'm going to be giving information to that you're going to be able to use as well. It will be applicable to you and you will be able to catch up, so to speak, even if that's not your income level. We'll talk a little bit about that more in a minute. 75% of our audience is college educated, at least four years or more. And some people have MBAs and doctorates. So a very highly educated audience. We also have a healthy amount of ethnic diversity, which was really cool to see. So I'm really glad that we do have a diverse group that's listening. Now, here's what was really fun. When I asked you what you liked about the podcast, a lot of you said you liked the really short episodes. You like the fact that I'm to the point and I don't spend a lot of time with small talk and wasting time, which is really something I focus a lot on because that's probably my number one beef with podcasts is that there's a lot of time spent on miscellaneous information or chit chat that just doesn't bring value. So I always try to bring value in every single minute that I give you because I value your time and I value my time. And I want to make sure that every moment that you're investing in listening to the podcast, 
you're learning something of value. It's bringing something to the table. It's not just talking for talking's sake. But here's the funny thing. When asked, what do you have as a suggestion for how I can improve the show? Many of you said you wanted longer episodes. So you like my short episodes, but you want longer episodes. So I don't know what to do with that. But let me know in the survey, if you will, what you mean by that. Do you want episodes that are around a half an hour? Is that your commute time? And so you'd like to have the whole episode take up your whole commute time? Or is it that you just want me to go into more detail about what I'm talking about? Or why do you want the episodes longer? I guess that would be helpful for me to know because again, I wanna make sure that it's a good use of your time. One criticism that I did receive is that some people felt that the show was for people who were already financially successful and for people who were freshly out of debt and just getting to stability, they were a little bit frustrated that some of my podcasts were for people who already owned homes or who already had financial success. And I totally hear you and understand that. But here's the thing. So much of what I teach is conceptual in the sense that you can apply it no matter how much or how little you earn or how much or how little your net worth is. So here's an example. No matter where you are with your finances, you can always work on creating a wealthy mindset. If you are in the deepest amount of debt and you've just gotten through college and you owe hundreds of thousands of dollars, You can start with my step number one to wealth, create a wealthy mindset. You can already put that into action. You can do your affirmations. You can start making a huge difference in your mindset and changing your beliefs, removing blocks. There's all kinds of things that you can do to start working on your wealthy mindset, no matter where you are. Even if you've just come out of bankruptcy, you can do that. So that doesn't have any bearing on how much you make, or whether you're financially successful or not, all right? So you can always start at step number one, creating a wealthy mindset. And I've got lots and lots of podcasts about that. So just go through and pick out the ones that are about mindset and listen to those podcasts first. And that's, again, applicable to no matter what your circumstances are. I also do have some podcasts about getting out of debt. And it again, it's very basic. I think when you're in debt, you basically have to just watch your spending and be very disciplined about paying off your debt and stay very focused. There's not a lot of extra value that I can bring to that, but I do show you my own way. I call it the debt diamond, and I do show you how you can improve your credit the fastest and pay off your debt at the lowest possible cost. So if you follow my steps on the debt diamond podcast, that will help you get out of debt. Another thing people said was that they wanted to know more about individual stocks, but they also said that they weren't really that experienced as investors. And here's why I like ETFs, because you get the individual stock portfolio, but you're buying it as a package. So rather than me telling you buy this stock or buy that stock, which gives you a tremendous amount of risk, because should one stock falter or have an issue, it could be very damaging to your whole portfolio because many of you have different sized portfolios, some of you have large portfolios, some of you have medium portfolios, some of you have small portfolios. But it's not appropriate for everybody to have individual stocks. 
but I do think it's appropriate for everyone to have ETFs. And I think it's a smart way to invest and get more bang for your buck because in a sense, what the ETF is doing is it's packaging those top stocks, those top companies in that sector in the ETF. And so that way, if one stock has a bad quarter or something happens where their price stumbles, you have a whole package of companies to continue to lift you in case one does falter. So I'm gonna continue to recommend ETFs to you like MJ or like the Precious Metals ETFs, GDX, GDXJ. I like ETFs as an investment. And I think that is a good way for our audience to get into investing in individual stocks in a safer way. Now, having said that, if you did want to increase the potential risk and return in your portfolio, you could invest in a couple of those individual companies within the ETF. I'm not suggesting you do that, but I am saying that here you have the most successful companies that are part of that ETF and you could pick out a couple that looked really good to you. You could read up on them, you could research them, you could look at their earnings and profits, you can look at their charts, you can look at their management, their insiders, what percentage their insiders own, you can look at their growth rate, you can look at their debt, you can do more research on those companies, but you have to do the research in order to buy individual companies. And I think I'm doing a disservice to you if I'm trying to pick stocks for you and I don't know anything about your portfolio. I just think that it's increasing the risk there. So I'm gonna to continue to give you my favorite ETFs that are a portfolio of 30 companies or so that are fantastic and in a cycle that I think is going to be extremely hot. And when I say extremely hot, I'm looking for the next cycle where people are going to want to stampede into that sector because that is what happens when you have a sector that becomes a bubble. And there's evidence that those kinds of things are happening, especially in the cannabis medical marijuana space. So I'm very, very positive on that sector. That doesn't mean it's going to not pull back 25%, 40%. I think we're going to see those pullbacks and those are gonna give you great buying opportunities. Right now, we're seeing that cannabis and the MJ ETF has already been up 24% year to date, just in the few weeks of January. Now it's bound to pull back. And I think into February, you might have a good buying opportunity. But I wouldn't just be jumping in and disregarding where it is and how much it's gone up already year to date, because you definitely can get hurt. Like I said, it could easily pull back 30% and now your portfolio is down 30%. So you wanna buy when it pulls back and you don't wanna be buying when it's making amazing highs like it is right now. But you always wanna do your research. You always want to see if it's right for you, check with your financial advisor and all of the other 
suggestions that I always make and never ever buy just because you've heard someone like me talk about it. Another thing that people said in the survey is that they had a hard time staying in the market. That is something that is so important as an investor to have the right mindset to stay in the market when the market pulls back. You hear me say that every six years on average, we have a 10% pullback in the market. And every 10 years on average, we have a 20% pullback in the market. We were a little late in 2018 having our 20% pullback, but we finally got it. That's not unusual. That is something that happens about every 10 years. And that's when you wanna anticipate those things and take advantage of those things. Those are great buying opportunities if we understand that they're regular things that happen in a regular cycle pattern and we can take advantage of them. Some people in the survey said they wish they had a support group. And I had to kind of chuckle at that because you know I have the VIP experience and that's exactly what that can be is a support group for people. So if you wanna know more about that, just fill out the application to talk with me and we'll see if it's a good fit for you. And other people were saying they just were perplexed about how to find investment opportunities and where to invest. And again, that is something that I love talking about because I'm giving you updates on cycles all the time. I'm telling you how we're doing in real estate, that real estate is softening now in the, in the fourth quarter and in December down 6% for the number of sales of homes. I'm giving you updates on stocks and where we are. I'm giving you updates on specific sectors in the stock market that I like best. And again, where do I see a stampede of people starting to go? And where do I see massive opportunity available? And that really is in the medical marijuana space. It's not only medical marijuana, but it's also in the beverage and edible category. I guess you also can include the recreational use, although I'm not a fan of the recreational use, but that is a part of the marijuana market and cannabis market. For me, I think what I envision is probably every medicine cabinet around the world will eventually have a bottle of CBD oil in it. And I think just because it's an effective pain reliever and it doesn't have the side effects of hurting your liver and causing problems like opioids do, that we're going to see it used as a tremendous medical tool. And this is really exciting to me because it's a worldwide trend, it's a highly profitable trend, and it also is something that can be branded, it's something that can differentiate itself. It's something that pharmaceutical companies are very interested in owning. It's something that beverage companies are interested in buying these companies. So are cigarette companies interested in buying these companies. There's a lot of people that want to own these companies and the big corporations that have the deep pockets want to diversify into the cannabis space. So I think that's where we're going to see a big stampede and I'm very, very excited about that particular sector. I was extremely pleased that in our VIP experience, we had the number one and number two sector ETFs for the last three years that had gone up 16% and 18.5%. 
So these are the kinds of things that I like to identify ahead of time. I like to see where's the money going, where are people stampeding into, where is the value that people are finding because it's undervalued relative to what it's really worth. And I think I've also told you that I think this is the defanging process that we're going through. I think the fangs, having had a lot of success in the last few years, I think we're gonna see that trade unwind. And a lot of people come out of the fangs as for various reasons, many of those companies that make up the fangs, the five companies that make up the fangs, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, each of them have their own issues. And I'm not gonna go into detail on this podcast, but I have talked about the defanging of the fangs and why I think this is probably the year we're going to see them not be the market leaders. So we're going to follow the money, follow the trends, find the sectors that are going to turn into the next bubbles and make sure that you're being diversified properly. That way you're minimizing your risk. You are spreading out your investment among many companies, 30 or so companies. And I just think for most investors who aren't used to picking individual stocks, it really is the best way to go. So thank you so much for completing the survey. I would love to have more of you complete the survey and give me your feedback and I can report back to you what more I've found out about our great audience. But thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. I am once again so grateful for you. You guys are amazing. You really are amazing. And you have told me how much you love this podcast, how you love my enthusiasm, and how I make things very simple and break down complicated topics very simply. And you are learning a lot from that and really loving that. So thank you for saying that. It means so much, and I I just really am so grateful to you all. So that is our survey report, and I will report back into you as soon as we have more responses and I can get a handle on more feedback that you're giving me. But until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.